Welcome to Lo-Fi Lectionary. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Lo-Fi Lectionary. It's a, uh, a Bible study podcast for the spiritually curious and the religiously burned out. Uh, my name is Kevin, and I would just love to uh, talk about the Bible with you, for you, at you, I guess, <laughs> in this medium of podcasting. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun because I really like the Bible. Um, I think it's really fascinating, as a, just as a piece of literature, it's, um, there's a lot of really cool stories in there. There's a lot of interesting tidbits. The history of it itself is amazing and fascinating to me, and I'd like to share that with you. Um, now, I grew up religious, and I haven't always loved the Bible, partially because of the way that myself and a lot of my uh, religious friends um, and the tradition I grew up in, the way that we talked about it made the Bible really unappealing. Um, it's kind of weird that I'm starting a Bible study podcast um, when I don't really like most Bible studies, at least not the ones I've gone to, uh, especially in my youth as I was growing up. Um it seemed like the way that we talked about the Bible really made the Bible uninteresting. Uh, it made it really not fun. It made it really not uh, reachable or understandable to most people. Um, it was kind of um, a, a code book for all of us religious people to just kind of pass around to ourselves. And not only something that I found really life-giving, really engaging. Um, that, that, that I have a couple stories to kind of share uh, that kind of highlight uh, why I feel that way or, or, or to illustrate this point. One is, as I was growing up, there was kind of a movement within evangelical Christianity where um, I've heard it many times. I've heard people talk about the Bible as God's user manual for life. And so if you ever just want to figure out how to live life, you just got to read the Bible. Um I always wondered if those people had actually read the Bible, because when you read it, um, it's not always really clear about what the Bible's trying to tell you about um, what you should do. And I wonder, as I've grown older and as I read the Bible more and more, maybe the Bible's first question isn't, how do we tell people what to do? Um, and so I think when we read the Bible that way, we actually kind of do it a great injustice. Um, and we limit its impact and we kind of ruin it as a piece of literature because we've turned it into what they've said, a user manual. And guess what, you guys? No one reads the user manual. We throw it away. We pick up the device or whatever it is that we've bought and we say, I'll figure it out. And so we wonder why um, people who aren't religious aren't interested in this book that we think is so interesting. Maybe it's because uh, we've uh, turned it into something it's not and uh, focused on the morality tale of it too much or the ethics of it too much by uh, making it into something as gruesome as a user manual. Um, something else, uh, I was always taught as a kid that a good Christian reads the Bible every day, reads it often, um, and not just a little bit of it every day, but reads a lot of it. Uh, as I went into professional ministry and I went through seminary, I would keep running into uh, people who would say things like, you should read the whole Bible in a year. Now, I don't know if you ever tried this, but reading the whole Bible in a year, or I met people who even said they read it multiple times a year, like every three months or something like that. You have to read a whole ton of it all at once, often, every day. Um, 
that's kind of the cramming method, if you ask me, of uh, trying to be a, a good religious person. Um, you're trying to cram it all in. And uh, I found that as I tried to do that, at least for me, maybe that works for other people. When I tried to do it, it really sapped all the joy out of actually reading the story. And I had to read so much of it all at once uh, and just breeze through it as quickly as possible that I didn't really get a lot out of it. I didn't feel like I was, uh, I was, uh, getting, learning anything good about God. I didn't feel like I was, uh, getting anything good out of it for myself or learning anything about the world. I was just giving myself the badge of honor of being a person who reads the Bible a whole ton. Um, when we talk about the Bible that way as, um, something that's just on a to-do list to check off, it actually presents the Bible as some sort of hurdle. It's a, it's a challenge we need to overcome as opposed to something that, brings us life, that brings us joy, that teaches us important things, that helps us make sense of the world. Um, and uh, whenever I've tried to approach the Bible like that, I've never really enjoyed it, actually. And the last way that uh, I was kind of taught to read the Bible as a kid that I've found very unhelpful for me as I grew older was to treat the Bible as a magic book. Uh, you'll often see meet some religious folks that uh, talk about the Bible as if if we all just read the Bible the world would just be a magically better place, <laughs> naturally. Um, and reading it without really studying it, without really knowing what's going on in the story, without really thinking very deeply about it theologically, um, as if the book itself is just magic. I was once at a uh, concert when I was a kid uh, that was a concert by a very famous uh, Christian singer, um, artist, musician. And um, he was going on this little mini rant about... Uh, about um, about HIV AIDS, because this was the early 90s and it was kind of a hot topic. And he was talking about how messed up the world was and how uh, AIDS was an example of that and how all we need to do is read the Bible. And he went as far as to hold up this giant red ribbon and he was like, people want to wear these red ribbons all the time to talk about um, finding a cure for this disease, but I'm just going to show them what the real cure is. And he took his red ribbon and he glued it or stuck it onto um, his Bible and held it up and everyone cheered. Uh, the idea being that well, maybe if we would all just read the Bible and do what the Bible says, this disease, this illness would go away. Uh, this autoimmune disorder would just disappear from the earth. Um, as I've grown older, I just don't think the world works like that, <laughs> to say the least. And um, the more I tried to read the Bible as a magic book or as a user manual or um, just as, a, as, a, as an assignment from God on how to be a good Christian, just to check it off the list, um, my love for the for the scripture itself just slowly just died away and uh, I wasn't getting a lot out of it so I just wouldn't read it very often. Um, my hope is to create uh, and use this podcast as a means of if, if you're like me and you're kind of burned out on the way the Bible has been or maybe if you've just never listened to it in the first place because it wasn't something that was presented to you that sounded really interesting that together um, we can kind of try a new way of reading it that might actually be interesting and fun um, that might actually show us the way that the people who wrote it thought about the world and thought about God. So how is this uh, Bible study, this lo-fi lectionary Bible study going to be different? Well, one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to try and avoid what I see as a mistake of just immediately reading the Bible uh, first and foremost as a guide for morality. Um, we're not going to jump right to uh, what you might call life application or ethics or uh, just uh, morality lessons um, right away. Um, at least not in this not in this Bible study. There's plenty of other Bible studies out there that'll help you do that. What I'm hoping we can do here is. Um, avoid the mistake of jumping right away to questions about morality uh, too quickly, which will also help us avoid the bigger mistake, I think, of believing that everything that the Bible has to tell us is all about changing our behavior. 
as opposed to showing us who God is. We're also not going to jump right to uh, issues of doctrine. Um, a lot of Bible studies I've grown up in, it was like, well, why do Christians believe in this thing? So pick, pick something, pick a predestination. Why do some Christians believe in predestination? Well, let's go find the Bible passage that the index of our Bible says talks about that. Then we all read it together and then we go, yep, this story or this, uh, you know, writing or letter from someone in the Bible um, is why we believe this thing. Isn't it great that we all believe this thing? Cool. Now go around and make sure that everyone else believes in this thing. Um, I'm not going to jump right to doctrine. I'd rather just stick with the, the stories of the Bible and the literature of it itself and leave it on kind of more of a surface level. Um, and in that way, I also hope that since we're kind of not focusing on um, answering the question first of um, how should we live our lives in response to the Bible or how um, we, what are the right beliefs to have in response to the Bible? Um, that you and I would both find uh, the Lo-Fi Lectionary uh, a place that's not trying to persuade you into anything. I just want to open it up for you so you can see what I see in the story. Um, so maybe you can just enjoy it. My dream for this podcast is that it would be a place where we can open up the story in a way where you feel like you're not trying to be convinced uh, to come over to someone else's point of view, particularly mine, <laughs> where uh, you feel like this is a safe place to uh, explore your curiosity in what the Bible uh, has in it and uh, uh, without have, having to feel like you're always having to be persuaded or be manipulated by someone else, which I just hate that stuff. So I don't want this to be free of that. Um, so I created what I, what I'm going to go ahead and call the lo-fi way, um, to read the Bible. We're just basically going to pick a piece of scripture every week. Um, we'll read it together. I'll point out some history and some things like that, that to help the story come alive to both of us. Um, and that along the way, we're, then we're going to kind of use that once we hopefully, uh, get a really good glimpse of what the story is to answer just a couple basic questions. Number one, um, from the author's point of view, from the person who wrote it, what is God like? Like, if this is a story and God is a character in the story, whether you believe that God is real or not, you can see that God is a character in the story. What is this character like? I think this is huge. Because um, also, uh, the way that we often read the Bible to, uh, to learn how to live our lives through, you know, a lens of morality or a lens of ethics or a lens of what's the right thing to believe through doctrine. Um, if we skip over the step of really getting a glimpse of what God is really like, we're doing it wrong, and that's often going to lead us to really bad beliefs or really bad practices of how to live our life. So we're going to start question one. What is God like in this story, um, in this particular passage? Number two, what are people like? If there's people that are characters in the story, what are they like? Um, from the author's point of view, he's writing the story and using these characters, these people, um, to illustrate uh, the way people are in response to what God is like. And let's kind of look at that together and see what we can find there. I think there's going to be some interesting stuff. For instance, um, the first book we're going to be talking about with um, our study is the book of Luke. And in the book of Luke, um, Jesus is going to go around and talk about the kingdom of God a lot. And one interesting way to just read that whole book is to say, if Jesus is bringing the kingdom of God into the world, who gets along well with what the kingdom of God is like? And who doesn't? And you might be surprised um, about the answer. Um, so we're just going to look at, um, one, who God is like. Two, uh, what people are like when God shows up. Or what what are they like in general. And then number three, um, why would um, this story stay in the Bible? Um, people had to make choices about what stories and what books 
uh, we're packaged in the Bible, in the canon, if you want to call it, if you want to be technical. Um, and why did they keep the story around? What is it about God that the story is teaching us? And what is the story teaching us about people that is so valuable that these people would keep the story going and copy it and copy it and copy it and recopy it and try and preserve it and talk about it around, you know, campfires or in church buildings or whatever over now 2000 years. Um, and that's just for the new Testament for old Testament, even longer than that, like 3,500 years. Why keep this story around? What about it is so interesting. Um, what do we think it maybe is, has taught them what value did they find in it? Um, I think that's going to be a fascinating question to ask. And those that's it. Just those three questions. What's God like? What are people like? Why keep the story around? Um, and just kind of leave it there. You are a human being. You're obviously old enough and smart enough to figure out how to get a podcast uh, to listen to. You can decide if you think the story is true. You can decide for yourself if you find anything true in the story, what that means about how you should live your life. I'm going to leave that all up to you. Or we can talk about that if you want to shoot me an email or give me a call sometime. But as far as just the podcast goes, let's just talk about the story and see where we go with that. It's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, just last thing before we kind of start to wrap up, um, just a little bit about me in case you're uh, curious about who it is that's talking to you about this. Uh, my name is Kevin Lester. Um, I work as a, as a children's pastor in Flagstaff, Arizona. Um, I've been working as a pastor or minister of some kind for about the last... 10, 12, 15 years. Jeez, I'm getting old. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. And one of my favorite things about doing doing uh, work is uh, just getting to talk about the Bible with people because I think it's uh, really interesting. Obviously, here I am starting a whole podcast about it. If you're curious about my uh, credentials, um, I'll tell you that I actually have uh, a couple degrees in biblical studies. I have a, uh, a bachelor's degree in biblical studies with a minor in theology from a liberal arts university. Um, I also went away to seminary and got my master of divinity degree, which sounds... A lot like a, something you'd get at Hogwarts. It sounds a lot more awesome than it kind of is. Um, but yeah, I went to, I, you know, I studied this stuff all the way through grad school and have been studying it ever since. I just think it's fascinating, fascinating stuff. And the academic side of uh, studying the Bible was actually hugely important for me because um, having grown up, like I kind of mentioned earlier, with some kind of skewed versions of uh, how to read the Bible and what the Bible is, um, that kind of left it lifeless for me. It wasn't until I really went away to school and started studying it academically um, when it really came alive. Um, the analogy I usually draws the analogy to uh, Shakespeare. I don't know about you, but I was 14 and I was a freshman in high school. And uh, I remember having to read Romeo and Juliet and my teacher uh, had us go around and it was like popcorn reading. Every kid uh, would read one paragraph and then sit down and then the next kid would stand up and read a section and sit down and then and it would go on and having to hear my other 14 year old peers stand up and read Shakespeare like this, like for the first time was excruciating. And I, I was left kind of confused. I was like, why is this so popular? Why would anyone read this or be interested in it? Um, then um, I got into acting myself um, in uh, in high school. I became a thespian and uh, was a super nerd. And uh, we went away to the Shakespeare Festival in Ashland, Oregon. And I got to see Shakespeare done by real professional actors who were really good at it. And all of a sudden, when you see it on the stage, it comes alive in a way that it just hadn't ever on the page for me. And the, the old English made sense when you got to see the emotion and the story that went with it. Um, and you got to see the drama and the comedy. And all of a sudden, you could go back and you could read it and you could see the meaning behind the words. And suddenly Shakespeare makes sense, <laughs> kind of after you experience it in the way it was supposed to be experienced. 
Um, for me, uh, the Bible never came alive for me really until I, I had the opportunity to go to school and kind of learn it academically and learn the history of the people who wrote it and see the stories and be able to interpret the vocabulary. And it's, it, it did take a lot of work, but, uh, I think with a couple of those tools, we can all kind of, uh, come to see, uh, what the real story is in the Bible and, and hopefully it'll come alive for you in the way that it really, uh, came alive for me. So that's kind of the goal of the podcast. Um, before we kind of wrap up here, I'm going to actually do uh, something that's really gross. I'm actually going to give a couple of disclaimers out. Um, so if you're a listener of the series, um, whether you have a very little amount of experience with the Bible at all, or whether you have a super amount of it, um, there's a couple of things I just kind of want to lay out for us all before we continue on. Um, so that way I avoid getting destroyed in any kind of a comment section anywhere. Um, one is I have my own point of view and only that's the only point of view I have. Um, you know, I have my own experience and background and the way that I approach things, um, which means that I'm going to be wrong probably at certain points. I'll probably read the stories differently than the way that you've heard them in the past. And maybe I'm the wrong, maybe I'm looking, I'm the one looking at it the wrong way. That's okay. I still want to do this and I still think we can get a lot out of it. Um, but I'm limited to my own point of view, my own cultural background, my own religious upbringing, my own, um, the limits of time and space. Um, you know, I am, uh, I do have a full-time job. I am a father of a very, uh, energetic four-year-old. Um, and I need time to play Legos, which means I'm not going to have time to read everything there is out there about every particular passage that we have. I'm going to do my best. I am going to try and be responsible and do my research and not just throw out my own goofy stuff. Um, but you might have questions or you might have, you might see something in a passage or story that you think is the most important thing and, oh, how could Kevin miss it? And I'm sorry, <laughs> that's just kind of the way it is. Um, so those are kind of my, uh, my disclaimers for you. Um, the last thing I want to point out is just that this is going to be a very slow read in the lo-fi lectionary. We're basically just going to take one chapter or just one passage or section at a time. Um, and that kind of stems from something I've been doing a lot over the last year. Uh, about a year ago, um, I just realized that I was feeling a lot of anxiety and, and some goofy guilt and some stuff like that over just uh, that I wasn't reading the Bible enough or wasn't reading enough of it or something like that. And I decided to just to just say no to those voices in my head and in my heart um, and just let those go. And uh, to kind of very deliberately go against that, I said, I'm only going to read one chapter a week. And if I pick up the Bible more than once during that week, I'm going to read the same chapter over again. And you guys, reading the same chapter over and over and over again before I allowed myself to move on to the next one was so amazingly great. Um, I've, I've gotten way more out of the story and out of the Bible and out of the scripture than I ever have before. Um, it would be great if I could also get tons of meaning out of it while reading a ton of it at a time. Unfortunately, that's just not who I am or just not where I'm at right now. Um, so we're going to together do a very slow reading, basically one chapter each episode. Um, and in doing that, um, I invite you to kind of maybe read it over a couple times and really see what's going on in there to get the dynamics of the story between the characters and the plot and the setting and stuff like that. Um, and hopefully in taking it slow, we're going to enjoy the process a whole lot more. Um, so yeah, I am so excited that you, um, are interested in taking this journey with me and, uh, that's, that's all I got. So this has been our intro episode. Oh man, you guys, I'm so excited to, uh, to get started on the actual study. I hope that you get a lot out of it and that you really enjoy it. Well, that's the end of episode zero, but don't go yet. Hi, everyone. I just want to say a quick thank you to you for listening to this episode of Lo-Fi Lectionary. If you liked the podcast, please help us out. You can review, 
Subscribe and share the podcast any way you can. Um, the more people we get in on the game, the funner this is going to be. Uh, if you want to participate in the discussion for this episode, you can come visit our website at kevinlester.net and follow the links to the podcast and then to the link for this episode. Um, you can also find our podcast on Facebook, and we can discuss and, and keep things going on there. Uh, just search Facebook for Lo-Fi Electionary, and you'll find us. You can also get in touch with me, Kevin, directly at lofi at kevinlester.net. And that's lofi with no dash. So L-O-F-I at kevinlester.net. And you can also find me on Twitter at lofi kevin with no dash again. So at lofi kevin. Um, that's kind of it. So thank you for coming and we'll see you guys next episode. Thank you for listening.